Welcome to QI Radio. My name is Susie Sheeler. I'm here with Jessica Sukup and Anna Wynn from PFLAG. Thanks for being here, Anna. It's my pleasure. So how are you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, I guess I'm pretty fortunate to be in a position where I can weather this pandemic a lot better than most people. So, so I really do feel for uh, everybody who's in a, a bad situation as far as uh, uh, their job and their family and their kids and school and stuff. But of course, especially um, the community of color who are being, being um, inordinately affected by, by this pandemic. For sure. So, um, so you've been, uh, can you tell me about, so you st- how long have you been involved with PFLAG? Let's start with that. And can you tell, can, just in case somebody listening doesn't know what PFLAG is, can you fill us in on that too, please? Sure, sure. So um, PFLAG uh, was an acronym. It used to stand for Parents and Friends of Lesbian and Gays. Um, but in 2014, the National PFLAG Organization had uh, decided that it was time that they changed their name to reflect their expanded mission, which now um, encompasses the entire spectrum of um, sexual orientation and gender identity and uh, gender presentation and all that. So they uh, decided to make PFLAG just a name, uh, no longer an acronym. So PFLAG National and all the PFLAG local PFLAG chapters are organizations that uh, advocate, educate, and support uh, LGBTQIA plus people and their loved ones. Um, here at PFLAG Austin, PFLAG Austin has been, well, predates me, predated me by quite a while. Um, I got involved with PFLAG uh, Austin in uh, 2013. And that was shortly after I came out to my wife um, and I needed uh, support uh, in the interim between the time that I I came out to my wife and the time that I came out publicly. Uh, So I found PFLAG. Actually, I heard about PFLAG through a friend, uh, also a transgender woman who was going to PFLAG at the time. So I went to the PFLAG Austin South meeting uh, down there on I-35 and Altorf. Um And I found a really supportive and warm and loving community. And that, that was really great for me uh, in a time when I was basically, I was out only to my wife. Um, so, so that was a, a really great uh, resource for me uh, up until the moment that I, I came out publicly. And until today, I, I continue to, to find the support group meetings really, really uh, a lovely place to be. And I enjoy it. And I go to every meeting that I can. Wow. Um, so uh, about four years ago, um, after I'd been out uh, a couple of years, I, I got to a really good place. And, and as the saying goes, when, when I no longer need PFLAG, PFLAG needs me. And I wanted to give back. So I volunteered to, to serve on uh, the, the board of PFLAG Austin. And uh, we are, a, a, I guess, uh, what we would call a working board, i.e. we all, every board member actually do things. We are not just figureheads. Um, and so for PFLAG Austin, the most 
important uh, mission for us is to provide the support groups. Um, I, I believe that, that um, even today, it's probably the, uh, well, I, I dare say the premier um, support resource in, in Austin. So when I started, we had three in-person meetings at various time of the month, uh, various places in Austin. Um, so under, so we, well, I don't want to take all the credit, but uh, I kind of did. Take it. We grew it from uh, three meetings to, to, to six meetings. Uh, six different times of the month, six different locations. Um, and that was, uh, so then the pandemic hit um, and we had to, to do a bit of a reset, but, but uh, we got going uh, doing virtual support groups uh, via Zoom. And we have actually been doing that for about three months now. And we How does that do, work? Yeah. How does Sorry? that work? How does that work? What uh, do you do? Yeah. Is it like this, basically? Yeah, yeah, it, it's very much like this. And, and it's almost exactly format. And the feel is almost exactly the same as an in-person support group, uh, obviously with the, with the difference that, that we're not all right there and we kind of got to learn not to talk over each other right. <laughs> a, a bit. Did um, you, can you tell me what that's a big lesson, as we can tell right it, now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's tricky with the Zoom thing. What, um, what, uh, can you tell me about the format of those meetings? Cause I know that so, the one in San Marcos does a, they have a speaker and then they have a, a support group after that. But I understand that all the PFLAG meetings are the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so, so we actually very rarely have, uh, outside speakers. Um, uh, now and then we have one from an organization or uh, from a, uh, uh, maybe, uh, group from a company that want to, to kind of get the word out about themselves. Uh, but our format uh, generally goes, uh, the facilitator lay out some, some ground rules, um, how to behave, how uh, uh, really stressing the anonymity and privacy and, and uh, being discreet about who's in the meeting and not saying hello to each other. We see each other outside. And then we kind of go around uh, optionally introduce ourselves, um, our name, our pronouns, a uh, brief sentence or two as to what, my, what brought us to the meeting. And, and the purpose for that is that so we can kind of hear briefly each other's story um, because in, in, doing, in hearing everybody else's story, it may trigger ideas or pieces of information or pieces of advice that uh, people who have been there done that uh, would have for, for, for the newcomers, for example. So then we, so after the introduction, we, the facilitator kind of, this is where the challenging part for the facilitator comes in. Uh, they would then take the, the meeting in whichever direction they feel um, is necessary and most important for that particular day. Uh, there might be uh, a, um, trans person uh, who's about to come out at work and they all stressed out and they needed advice and they want to know what to do, what to expect. Uh, so we may go in that direction or there may be uh, parents of a, a gay teen son uh, who just came out and they worried about uh, his uh, safety and uh, future and all that. 
so so it depends. So we kind of um, and and generally, uh, it's surprising how much time all that would take. And then we easily take up the entire uh, an hour and a half, an hour forty five minutes, uh, addressing various people, discussing various things, giving advice, um, kind of consoling each other, supporting each other. And then at the end, we have what we call a closing go round, where again, optionally, uh, everybody can take a, a, a few seconds to say uh, if there was anything about the meeting that that uh, that really struck a chord in them, anything that anybody else said that might have um, resonated a lot with them. And then, um, so in a in an in-person meeting after that, we would kind of just hang out and talk and have some refreshment. Um, but I guess that's, that's one big difference between uh, in-person and Zoom meeting is, is that in the Zoom meeting at that point, we just awkwardly say goodbye. Feel that Eric, click the button and you're done. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's how it goes. We're all adapting, though. I mean, at least we're we figured it out, right? We're, we're good at that yeah. as, as, a, as a human race or whatever we are parasite i tend to think of us yeah. more of as a parasite <laughs> yeah i got you yeah uh yeah i mean humans are, are remarkable at, at adapting at new situations sure. um and it's 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 interesting to see how the support groups look and feel a lot like they they used to now the only difference being that uh, we have somewhat fewer attendees now. Uh, so, for example, previously between the six uh, meetings, I, I generally, well, I generally go to all of them and I, I kind of keep count of how many people were there and that kind of stuff. Um, so between the six meetings, our average attendance was between 15 and 16 per meeting. Uh, with the three, between the three virtual meetings so far, the average is about maybe nine or 10. Well, that's not, that's a, but I guess that's a third or something that dropped off. Do you off. think that's because yeah. folks don't have access to internet and stuff or do you, what um, reason? Maybe there, there, there is a, a, uh, a small, um, uh, a, a part of it is because of that, uh, just, just the availability of, 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 internet, but I think it's more uh, the inability to, to uh, get up to speed with, for, with Zoom, for example. Uh, oh. We have several uh, members yeah. of one yeah. of our support group who is uh, in their 80s, um, yeah. great allies. Um, and yeah. and uh, we try as best to, to, to include them. I call them up and walk them through the uh, process of connecting on Zoom. And and one of them actually got got to one of our support groups. So um, yeah, so so isn't it, it fun it, when you but, get one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will eventually uh, come uh, get in touch with the others and, and kind of uh, walk them through that too. And and uh, and it's it's great because uh, knowing how to deal with Zoom or any uh, of the similar technology these days is. Uh, is essential in, in keeping uh, sure. kind of being tethered to, to the rest of, of your community and of your uh, circles. For sure. We were on a panel together once and you were, you were describing how um, the, 
some of the makeup of the meetings has changed where, you know, well, I think you said five years ago or something, it would be parents of gay kids who came in worried and now it's parents of trans kids? Yeah, uh, so they, that's, that's a, a, a very good point. Um, it, it's been my observation that, that our, um, I think probably starting around the time that I started coming to PFLAT Austin support groups, um, the groups uh, start to to have more and more of a, a chance uh, flavor, or, or rather, should I say, a, a non-gay flavor, whereas it used to be parents of, of, of gay kids or, or uh, gay people. Uh, and and we, we still do have um, gay men and, and gay women uh, coming to our meetings. Um, but the, these days, it's, um, I, I would say all of the meetings is generally be, uh, between anywhere between a half to 80 uh, percent are uh, trans people, parents of trans kids, um, and, 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 uh, or allies or family of, of, of uh, gender diverse people. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, maybe it's, it's a sign of a time that um, maybe the uh, gay community has moved on somewhat to, to a slightly better place where uh, at least they don't need the, the, the kind of uh, community support that the flag uh, provides. And now it's the um, turn of the gender diverse community. And we, um, uh, we have had a, uh, at least two that I can remember intersex uh, people coming to our meetings. So we, the word is getting out there and uh, the audience is getting more and more diverse, which is uh, in a way uh, means that we succeeding in, 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 in our mission. Uh, on the other hand, it is kind of uh, ironic because because kind of we we wouldn't know we really su succeeded when nobody needs support group anymore, and then we would be out of business. <laughs> so. Right, isn't that funny? <laughs> so there are. I, I remember I was in Midland, Texas, and I walked into the Sleep Inn, and um, I was super nervous about you know, what am I going to get when I walk in there or whatever else? And then um, I noticed as I was walking in, there was a PFLAG sticker on the door. I guess PFLAG meets there on a regular basis. Wow. So, you know, it kind of puts you, at, puts you at ease, you know what I mean, as you're walking yeah. into space. Aren't there, you, you mentioned across the, the country, um, aren't, the, aren't there PFLAG chapters in little bitty towns all Yes, yes. Uh, in, in the most surprising places, they're, they're all together, I think about 450 chapters all around the U.S. And in fact, around the world. Um, I imagine my surprise when I stumbled upon a Facebook page for PFLAG Saigon. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Hi, I come from Vietnam, as you know. And then it was like, whoa, what's going on? And, and, and then I, I started going through it and it's like they have Saigon pride and, and, they, well, and wow. they have all these uh, Vietnamese terms for, for, for the relatively uh, new terms like being gender diverse or pansexual or um, uh, being uh, intersex or gender identity, gender presentation. So those are words that um, when I left Vietnam in 75, uh, didn't exist. Uh, and, and these days, 
uh, it says all over the Vietnamese language, and I kind of have a hard time figuring out what they mean, actually. <laughs> well, to be fair, like we, didn't, we didn't have those words really in 75 either. Right, That's right. True. Um, we, yeah. we would have been in the same boat, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there are probably people who were. Um, so Not you, today. You did, you did escape. You're a refugee, is that right? Can, yes, you, yes. can you just give us a, a, I mean, it's not a quick story, but can you give us just a, a baseline of what we through? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, so um, so as, as you may know, uh, Saigon, uh, Vietnam used to be uh, divided into, uh, North Vietnam was uh, under communist rule and uh, South Vietnam was, was nominally democratic. Um, and it's a real long story, but uh, at some point the, the U.S. got involved in, in the Vietnam War and that just got uh, ratcheted up and uh, it's, it's, it was an unwinnable war, uh, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it's kind of like the Afghanistan War, the Iraq War, in that um, it's not like there's a clear uh, enemy in, in a different uniform who look different that you can uh, attack and destroy. Uh, in Vietnam, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, the enemy looks like the local populace. So it, it was really t a, a tough war to win and it wasn't surprising that the U.S. kind of ended up extracting itself semi-gracefully, I guess, from, from, from that uh, conflict. Um, and, and of course, as, as, long as, the, as soon as the U.S. Uh, withdrew, uh, South Vietnam pretty much collapsed. And, and that was in 1975. So uh, everybody scrambled to get out because um, a bit of back history in, is that um, much, a lot of the people in South Vietnam at the time emigrated or um, uh, fled to the South from the North in 1954 when the country was divided. Uh, communist and and people fled because at that time uh, communism was was a really a different brand of communism. They were really uh, um, uh, prosecuting the wealthy, the educated, uh, the upper class. So so everybody fled to the south, and now here come the communists again. So the same people now uh, are scrambling to get out. And of course, uh, all the people who had worked for the, the U.S. Um, government at some at some point, all the people in in the in South Vietnamese armed forces, um, they they understandably don't want to to be around when the communists come in. Uh, came in. So uh, everybody tried to get out. Uh, my family was the same. Um, it. So it so happens that I was born in London. So my uh, dad decided to, at that time, to, to apply for a British passport for me, just in case. Yeah. And so as it turned out, I was evacuated with the uh, British embassy and my family uh, was left behind because we kind of decided that uh, to, 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 that would be at least one of us out of danger. Oh, wow. uh, so my family was later uh, able to to escape as well, and we reunited in New York City, uh, and that was uh, in in seventy five. I, I went to England for two years, and then reunited with my family in New York City in nineteen seventy seven. I moved to Austin in ninety two, and I have been here ever since. Wow! wow. And how old were you uh, when you when you went to London? That's incredible. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, in 75, I was 15, um, which makes me 60 to save you doing the math. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I was I was a, a teenage boy, and um, back then, at fifteen, I was far far more immature than any fifteen-year-old kid today. And I think that might be true with, with most people <laughs> who were fifteen at the time. Uh, and and I had kind of, I mean, I looking back, I'm sorry to say, I I really did not grasp the the gravity of, of that situation. Um, so. And my dad suggested that maybe you, you should go with the British embassy because that's one of us out of danger. I was just kind of like, sure, why not? <laughs> I think um, it's hard for us to grasp uh, the, the gravity of something that big while yeah. we're in the middle of it. I mean, right now we're grappling to try to get our arms around what's happening to us. And it's like we're building the airplane while we're flying it, right? It's, yeah, right. It's, it, we're just going to fall out of the air at some point. The center cannot hold. Um, so w when people come into PFLAG and they're new and they sit down and it, it, so from what I can understand is it's sort of like an AA meeting is what it sounds like to me. You say, hi, I'm a, you know, a friend or yeah. a family member. And, um, so, and then when you leave, you don't, you, you, you don't identify them outside of the PFLAG meeting unless you're friends. Right. Uh, unless we know the person quite well and know whether they out or not. And so uh, how, always... what kind of questions can they ask? And, and is it, are they um, anonymous or, and how do you vet them? Uh, so that's, that is a little bit challenging. I mean, obviously uh, with in-person meeting, there's a bit of a barrier in that, well, uh, any trolls would have to actually show up. Um, whereas with a virtual meeting, they, they can just uh, sign up and, sh and show up and you would, don't, know, don't know anything or don't know much about them. So the, the way that we do this is we require that everybody uh, be on meetup.com and sign up for a uh, support group event on there. Great. And then we uh, contact all the attendees of a support group and give them the link to Zoom meeting. And in the meantime, uh, as best as I can, I vet that person. I Google them. I look for them on yeah. Facebook. I look for them on LinkedIn. Uh, That's a lot of work. Out. Sorry? Yeah, That's a lot. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it could be. Uh, some people are more out there than others. Some people are more uh, in, in the closet than others. And, and some people are more anonymous. Um, but we, we try as best as we can to make sure that, that people are uh, at least uh, not going to be hostile or belligerent. Awesome. So, so you're doing all of that vetting yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have we have three. Uh, our board is a bit short-handed right now. Uh, we have three members: uh, myself as a VP of operations and an acting president. Uh, we have a, a election going on right now, and uh, we have a not another member who's the uh, vice president of membership, and we have a treasurer. And um, it right now it kind of falls a lot on me to, to, to keep the support group stuff going. And, you know, I mean, it's a fair amount of work, but uh, it's very rewarding work because 
every that's why I love to go to meetings because it's so great to see people showing up in in such a state of of, of stress and and um, in, in some kind of a, a conflict in in their life. And by the end of the meeting, they, they are visibly more assured, more comfortable, uh, a lot happier. And it is so valuable to to know that our support group uh, are there and can provide that kind of um, support and community to to people who are in uh, in some kind of a, a strife in in their life. That's amazing. It's just beautiful. When, yeah. when, when, you, uh, when you guys do meet in person, perhaps, and I assume eventually someday we'll be able to meet in person again, um, where do you guys meet? Uh, so um, the, the information, we have that on our website. Um, in person, we have the three original uh, physical meetings. So one is the South meeting, the first one that I went to, one out in Cedar Park, and one way up in Georgetown. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, both the Cedar Park and the Georgetown meeting were started by uh, parents um, uh, of, of queer people or fairly, uh, in fact, the Georgetown uh, meeting was started by a, a quite elderly uh, a couple, a uh, long time Georgetown resident. They have been in Georgetown for like 50 years. Wow. They, they, I know now. I might know yeah. them. I grew up there. Don't right. tell me. Wow. <laughs> but it's amazing. a secret, so don't tell me who they are. Yep. I'll guess. Yep. I'll just <laughs> guess. <laughs> Did you, um, what kind of a building? I mean, do you, do you go, are these in churches right. or are these in, where, where are you meeting? Uh, so, um, uh, well, it, it just so happens that, that the majority of our meeting were, are in um, uh, churches. Uh, because that just happens to be where we uh, can find free or, or very low cost uh, meeting spaces. Uh, and, and they are in churches, but, but really we have zero to do with any church or any religion. We just happen to be there because either uh, the church offer um, or in the case of the South meeting, it's at the Faith Pre uh, Presbyterian Church, and I don't know how we came about that space, but all these churches are very open and uh, welcoming and affirming. So uh, so even if we, we had anything to do with the churches, it, it wouldn't be an issue. Um, the Georgetown meeting is, is actually in the community room of, of a bank, um, the independent bank in Georgetown. And, of course, there's nobody there when, when our meeting happens. And it's great that, that they let us use that room because uh, one of the prime requirements for our meeting spaces is um, privacy and anonymity. Uh, people want to be able to go to these without uh, being risk being seen by the public. Um, that's one reason why we, we have never met in, in public libraries, even though public libraries have free meeting room. Um, uh, that that uh, that any uh, Travis County, any Austin resident can can reserve. Um, so so places like uh, community rooms at movie theaters, for example, um, we don't do places like that because of the uh, privacy and uh, requirement. Interesting. Um, so do um, do you think? 
Austin needs a community center, an LGBTQ community center? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I go everywhere I go. Uh, well, granted, they, they much bigger cities, uh, New York, uh, Orange County, Westminster, LA. Houston. Uh, everybody has, <laughs> sorry? Houston. <laughs> yeah. Houston. Yeah, everybody has has a, a LGBTQIA plus center of, of some sort. And I, it's really important because um, that will serve as, as a center of gravity for, for the queer community. And not only it will provide the uh, presence, uh, it will also provide physical things like meeting spaces for groups like us. Exactly. Um, just a place to hang out. Uh, like, for example, the LGBT center uh, in New York City down on 17th Street. They, they have a kind of like a coffee shop and, and people can just go there and hang out and eat and drink and just be with the community. That's, and that will be an amazing place uh, for to have. I so, want to go to the LGBT coffee shop in Austin. That's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. It'd be amazing. You know, uh, what is next for, uh, for PFLAG? Just continuing to try to get all of the COVID stuff. Everybody knows where you guys are, where to find you, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, uh, so so we we uh, want to to be uh, want our support groups to be as available and as well known as they were before. Um, ideally, we would know we have succeeded if we have six virtual support groups and they are they are as well attended as before. Um, and and I know that that this will be a mission that will be going on for some time to come because uh, even today every meeting we have one or two brand new people who have never been to our support groups before uh, and who just found us and who just had a, something uh, happen in their life that they, they need support. So I know that this kind of resource continues to be uh, essential uh, to, to, to have around. Um, so our mission is, is number one to, to to continue to to make sure that these support groups are available, and number two to get the word out there so that people who need that kind of resource uh, can find us. And I think people are. Uh, I, I but these days, if you go and search for LGBT support, Austin, uh, we we are in on the first page or in in the on the pages on the first page. So, oh, so gotcha. the first page might have links to um, the uh, Austin, uh, the HDLCC, the, the uh, GLBT Chamber of Commerce, and on, we would be on there. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, yeah. So we really appreciate all the work that you do for our community. And I mean, I've, Jessica and I, of course, have worked with you many times and enjoyed it all the time. Um, you're, you're one of the hardest working activists I've ever ever worked with and I mean you're everywhere and I appreciate it so much because you're a constant I mean people wonder if we're being represented somewhere and I can guarantee Anna's going to be there exactly <laughs> well thank you that, that's really high praise coming from 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 uh, people like yourself and, and Jessica um, uh, and, and and you know maybe people should should uh, temper that a bit with, with the, the with with the um, with the notion that 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 some of that is marketing too. <laughs> well, I'm not really everywhere, I, every th all the time. Have you? And I'm pretty yourself? sure you're there everywhere because <laughs> I've seen you everywhere. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, will you come back and talk to us again? 
Yes, I will absolutely love to. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you for the uh, privilege to, to talk about PFLAG and, and uh, uh, what it offers and, and what it means to me and what it can mean to uh, the Austin queer community. Thank you. Oh, thank thanks you. for coming on and thanks for being so awesome. Oh, it's completely my pleasure and privilege. Thank you. You've been listening to Queer Invasion Radio. We're here, we're queer, and we need your support. So find us on Patreon or follow us on social media at QI Radio USA and listen to us wherever you hear podcasts. And don't forget to share our stuff and tell all your friends. Thanks, Thanks y'all.